Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews in the podcast form. Today we're going to be talking about The Flash, a movie that I have anticipated, been longing to see for, God, almost, really almost a decade now actually, um, since it was first put into production back when The Flash TV show had just started. Um, If that tells you anything, we just wrapped up the last season, season nine of the Flash TV show about a month ago, right before the Flash movie that was announced the same year came out. I don't, I mean, it's been, uh, you know, Warner Brothers and DC, it's been a, a tale of two cities, a tale of tragedy, a tale of mismanagement from the top level down, um, you know, I'm just laying it out on the table for you guys. I'm there's probably some Warner Brothers bias that you'll detect from me. Um, you know, I'm, there's there's a, a bitterness over the way Zack Snyder was treated um, by Warner Brothers, how they massacred his movie, pushed him out, changed the tone, and subsequently changed the entire trajectory of these DC films, all of which after his movies. You know, none of them have ever really made a huge dent at the box office. None of them really have stood out as far as critical reception goes. Um, Post Zack Snyder, who he was the man who introduced Barry Allen to us, and first briefly in Batman vs Superman, but then in Zack Snyder's Justice League, or the Justice League version that Joss Whedon famously reshot most of, and the actors. Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Ray Fisher, all mentioned. Yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of onset horrible treatment from the director and producers, and you know, I mean, this this stuff is storied. the The journey to this film, I mean, God, they went through four different directors before eventually Andy Muschietti, the director of It and It Chapter Two, agreed to come onto the project. Um, you know, at one point, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who wrote the Spider-Verse movies, the Lego movie, 21 and 22 Jump Street, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, those guys wrote a treatment for this movie, but Warner Brothers said, nah, you know, Grant Morrison and Ezra Miller wrote a treatment for this movie, nah, originally, this was gonna be a, a buddy film with Cyborg, um, that didn't happen, I mean, it's just, it's changed hands so many times. The story has changed so many times. And eventually we have the Flash movie that we've ended up with now, which is just jumping straight into a Flashpoint story. The Flashpoint being, the Flashpoint event being the culmination of almost decades of the character of the Flash and these DC characters we knew and rebooting it for a new universe. And so obviously... Warner Brothers is like, hey, this is a great opportunity to really just set ourselves away from the Zack Snyder DCEU. We've got James Gunn's DCU coming up. So this is a perfect moment to get into the multiverse and get all over the place. And, you know, Andy Muschietti is like, hey, I'll come on and I'll direct the movie, but only if we get Michael Keaton Batman for a Flash movie. Okay. Uh, interesting. All right. You know, it's already clear that, yeah, they're taking the, the Flashpoint movie, which similar concept, 
Barry Allen, the fastest man alive, especially after the events of Zack Snyder's Justice League, learns that he can run backwards in time when he runs past the speed of light. And so obviously in Snyder's Justice League, he runs back a few seconds to save the world from Darkseid's destruction. And in this film, The Flash, you know, Barry Allen is a character who is born of tragedy, loses his mother, um, who's killed when he's young, and loses his father on the same day as he's wrongfully in prison for the murder of his mother. And this whole chain of events eventually leads Barry to pursue a degree in criminology um, and forensics, and he eventually gets struck by lightning and gains these powers, none of which is explained until like halfway into the movie. Um, there's there's a lot of powers of Barry's that really just aren't explained and just kind of shown that it's like, wow, would have been nice to see that maybe in what should be his origin story or solo tale. But, uh, but no, but Barry in the Flashpoint story wants to go back in time so that he can save his mother from being killed. If he could change one thing in the past, perhaps he can save her and he can come back to a timeline where she's still alive and he still has her. And so the movie follows that pretty closely in that sense. Barry goes back in time, tries to alter the past, and when he comes back to the future, it is not the one that he left. Everything is changed completely. Bruce Wayne in the comic book didn't exist. Bruce Wayne had been shot in that alley and his father had stopped the gunman but born out of rage becomes Batman a much more vicious Batman who doesn't mind killing and Martha becomes the Joker because she loses her mind after losing her child to crime so senselessly and you know there's a war between Atlantis the surface world and Themyscira so you've got Amazonians and Atlanteans and humans all at war. Superman had been taken into deep hiding um, right when he had landed on the planet, so Superman really never existed. He destroys everyone's timeline, and it's total chaos. So, in this movie, you know, Barry goes back in time, tries to change things, and when he comes back, Ben Affleck is no longer the Batman he knows. Superman is nowhere to be found. Cyborg never became Cyborg. He has completely destroyed the timeline. And to make matters worse, there's another younger version of him that he almost has to mentor in order to stop General Zod from invading and destroying Metropolis and the entire world. This movie has been called by some, you know, the culmination of 10 years of DC films, a love letter to DC and all these characters that we've seen in the movies, as well as an homage to DC characters of the past. You know, there's fan service cameos aplenty in this movie, a lot of which are CGI, which after just seeing the Spider-Verse movie two weeks ago, like... I just kind of, I don't know. It's really hard to review this movie when I'm thinking about everything that the Spider-Verse just did much better in an animated fashion. It probably cost them half the budget because we know the Warner Brothers, I mean, they've sunk 
millions into this ad campaign. They're downplaying how much the budget cost with the marketing. They're, you know, trying to really make it look like, hey, we're going to make a lot of money, whatever. They need this to be a hit because so much is riding on it. Because Warner Brothers, you know, they wrote off Batgirl, which was going to have Michael Keaton's Batman in it. They wrote it off as a tax write-off and they dumped the movie. Oh, it's too embarrassing to put out. We couldn't do it. All this BS. And then Michael Keaton was filming cameos for Aquaman. And then The Flash had eight, no, five different endings that got reshot as leadership changed and all sorts of stuff. And so there's there's a million hands all over this movie. There's so many different tones. There's so many different things that they're trying to cram in to please everybody. And for me, someone who loves the character of The Flash, who grew up and has read a good number of Barry Allen, Wally West stories, um, and was a pretty big fan of the Flash TV show for the you know first four seasons at least. Um, you know, this is a character who freaking deserves his own story, and he deserves to have the spotlight for. I don't know. I mean, if this is an introductory movie, because James Gunn and other people at Warner Brothers have said no, the, you don't need to watch any DC movies before seeing this movie. All you need to know is that Michael Keaton's Batman is a thing. That's all you need to know. That to me was an immediate turnoff and not promising because if this is like an end game movie, if this is really the love letter to all these DC films and the culmination of all of this, it would have looked a lot different. It would have felt a lot different. Um, the number of cameos that they give people who are almost inconsequential to this universe and then give you some cheap flash of Henry Cavill's Superman in the background. You don't see his face, of course. Like, headless Henry Cavill is a whole thing in these DC movies because they just don't want the people to have the Superman that they like, I guess. I don't... I don't know. Um, the visual effects for this movie are pretty awful and for months for months warner brothers has been like hey anybody reviewing this movie at CinemaCon, just know this is not the final product you're not seeing the fun little teaser at the end and the effects are not final i've been reading this for like three months because they've shown this movie to everybody under the sun at free screenings for three months just driving up traffic you know promotion it whatever every time even a week ago, people were like, well, you know what, um, people seeing a cut of The Flash today, critics seeing a cut of the movie, it is not final as the effects is, you know, the, the movie when it comes out on that Friday the 16th, that will be the final version with all the final effects. And it's BS. I've been reading the same stuff from every reviewer, every early person, even the people who were like, I'm, you know, I'm just here for the fan service and I had a blast. But yeah. This kind of looks like a PlayStation movie sometimes. And the color grading is kind of akin to the Justice League. You know, we're just going to make everyone look really bright. The suits in this movie, everything looks really rubbery and kind of cheap and just really cheesy. And that kind of takes you out of it too. Is it's, I'm like, Supergirl's got the best uniform for sure. Um, I don't know if that's a spoiler that Supergirl's in this movie, but... She's the top build star on IMDb, 
and every trailer is kind of showing you that, all right, you know, something happened, Superman's not Superman. But, uh, you know, Ezra Miller plays two versions of The Flash with two different suits, which both just don't look great. Um, And you had a really awesome Flash suit from the Justice League movie with Zack Snyder. But don't worry, they give you a comic book before the movie that explains why his suit is different. And it's this whole action sequence with Ben Affleck's Batman that looks awesome. And they're like, oh, well, you know, that's that's why his suit's different. You're going to watch the movie and you're not going to know why if you knew this character before this. Um, and then they're like, here's this little after thing, you know, and it's like, wow, that action scene actually would have been better than half of the movie and the other action that we got. Um, not that there isn't some decent action in this movie, but by and large, to me, it really highlights the difference between having a director who's like, hey, I want this to look really fun. It's going to look comic booky. It's bright. It's vivid. It's playful. Um, these characters are doing ridiculous, but things you can only really do in comic books. I don't know. So I totally get some of that. And some of that does play pretty well. There are some moments with Michael Keaton's Batman and how they use his bat wing, whether it's him jumping out to the Danny Elfman music and the bat wings highlighted in the moon. There's some cool shots. There's some genuine moments where it's like, you get the, I'm like, I don't know. They're like semi goosebump inducing moments. Cause you're like, all right, you know what? That is the best of what that Batman was or the feeling is the best of that. And then watching 70-something-year-old Michael Keaton try and fight and him, like, fit into the mask and stuff, it's kind of like, ah, whose idea was it that 70-year-old Batman was going to be our, like, leader for this? Like, Michael Keaton, yeah, he's going to get the people in seats, he'll get the older audience, but are they going to buy it? I don't know. Um, I know I'm being, I know I'm being harsh on this movie. Um, there are really some great emotional beats when it comes to Barry and the relationship with his mom and his dad. It sucks that I, I, okay. Ron Livingston, I think does a really good job as Barry's dad in this movie. As good a job as he can replacing the role that Billy Crudup, uh, had originated in Zack Snyder's Justice League, who was phenomenal and brings so much depth and, informs so much about Barry's character, why he's trying so hard to help free his dad, to turn back time to his mom. I just, I like, (sighs) there's just so much that's missed in this movie, but Ron Livingston does a great job. He does. Um, And the moments with Barry's mom, played by Maribel Verdu, are really great, but she's in the movie for like five minutes. I don't, like, I don't know. I just, we got so many other people, so many other moments that just felt inconsequential to the theme of the film and what they're trying to talk about when it comes to changing your past, how tragedy can shape you, and how sometimes you have to understand that you're not meant to change things in life. Um... And and so you have beautiful moments between Barry and his mom, but they're so few and far between 
And in the middle of it is all this like, all right, we're doing some Back to the Future type stuff. We're going to be funny about it. Like, what's different here? Who played this character instead? Like, there's some genuine moments that are funny. But by and large, some of it just feels forced or it just feels like, why are we doing this instead of like, I don't know, spending time training the Flash or, you know, if you're going to tell audiences, no, you don't need to see any movies before this or know the character of the Flash, just know Michael Keaton's Batman. I feel like you're just doing yourself a disservice because there's so many powers that the Flash has other than speed. The things he can do with his speed scientifically are fascinating. And that's why the TV show, even in the first season, worked so well despite having horrible graphics and visual effects is because there's a really cool scientific part to this character that makes him more than just some nerd or just the quick-talking, jokey, quippy guy. Uh, but finding out how to use these powers is really, really interesting. And so there's just so many moments that they just walk right past. Or it's like, oh yeah, I can phase through walls. No biggie. And we're really not going to go too deep into it. We'll like kind of lightly touch on it, but yeah, you know what? Let me make a wind tornado real quick as a distraction. And you're like, well, how did you do that? Obviously you can infer, but I don't know. I just, it did not feel to me like a Flash movie, despite the fact that there are two versions of the Flash in this movie. Both played very well by Ezra Miller, who has obviously been marred by a lot of, uh, a lot of controversy as far as their actions go from throwing chairs and hitting women in Hawaii and potentially abducting people and, I, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff, which is why they obviously kept them out of the promotion for the film. But uh, I don't know. By and large, I, I was kind of disappointed in the movie. I did not have high hopes for it. And even though Tom Cruise and Stephen King claim that it's the movie that cinemas deserve right now and the best of box office budget, whatever, I just, I feel like I sat there like Homelander watching their movie, just kind of unfazed. I'm like, you know, there, there was a really obnoxious guy behind me who like laughed at every little joke in the movie. And I'm like, good for you, guy. I'm glad that you think this is funny, but also like dial it back, man, please. Um, he's the same dude who after the movie was like, you know what? A lot of that could have been better, but I'm pretty satisfied with all the cameos and things we got. Like the fan service was through the roof. And so for that reason alone, this movie is like legendary. So I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who kind of have that similar train of thought. It's like, well, there's just enough to enjoy. You get all these little quick bits of like, ah, remember this guy from DC? Remember this guy? And it's just, it's fine. I saw this movie a little over a week ago. And I wish I would have seen it in a theater. I wish they would have screened it in an IMAX theater. Because I think that would have certainly made it more enjoyable. There were moments that just felt like they could have been more impactful had it been on a bigger screen with a better sound system. Um, it doesn't change how I feel about the story, but I know I would have enjoyed it a little bit more or would have felt a little more engaging when you actually get to feel the booms and the punches and everything, the earth shattering sound. Um, and then, you know, of course I try and go see this movie in IMAX. They're doing a fan first screening 
um, at our Bellevue IMAX theater. And so it's like, all right, you know, I'm going to go with a couple friends who like DC. You know, we go see all the DC movies. You know, we wore our Zack Snyder's Justice League stuff, you know, always, always supporting the cause. And, you know, we're in a theater that's packed full of DC fans who are genuinely interested, at least, and excited to see where this goes. You know, guys who came down from Victoria, B.C. or Vancouver, B.C., came up from Portland. And we get to the movie, and right when the movie's supposed to start, we learn, oh, um, somehow Warner Brothers didn't actually send us the film, so we can't show it to you, and I know you all got concessions, so let's... Let's get in a line and we'll refund everybody, which took over an hour. I mean, it was just, I literally, I, I almost wanted to laugh. I almost wanted to laugh because I'm like, this is such a freaking Warner Brothers thing. This is like, of course, the movie they've hyped up for weeks. You know, this is a movie for the fans. You know, that's, you know, the, that's everyone's favorite new deal when the movie's kind of like not getting great critical reviews. It's like, but the fans, it's for the fans. Um, I'm like, dude, there's a guy dressed as the Flash at our movie screening. And, you know, the guys next to me are dying because they're like, dude, I can't, I can't come back down from Canada again on such short notice. I'm like, I took the night off work to go do this, which again, I'm like, I, I don't totally care about that really just because it was like, I need to see this in IMAX. I want to see if that changes my thoughts at all. But of course this would happen. And it, of course it would happen for this movie. And like the, my karma when it comes to the Snyderverse and all this DC stuff, I'm like, maybe it's catching up to me. Maybe it's all the, the crap that I talked or the holes that I try to poke in the reality of these situations. But I'm going to go see this in IMAX again this weekend I really don't think much will change. I think it'll be a better experience than the one I saw it in in the teeny little theater. But after we saw Transformers in a pretty similar-sized theater to the one where I saw The Flash originally, I mean, I told my buddies, I was like, we're still going to go see it, obviously. We'll still see The Flash. But I was like, dude, Transformers Rise of the Beasts? Way better than The Flash. Way better story. Better execution better characters all around doesn't get bogged up in like oh you're here for the maximals so we're just gonna have fun little maximal cameos or whatever it's like no i'm like they're maybe it's because you didn't have like eight different people writing the script to hell either but the flash is fine it's enjoyable but it doesn't move the needle as far as the multiverse goes for any stories, the only good thing that it does as far as the multiverse goes is really now James Gunn and DC can't say, oh, well, I don't think we can tell any more stories with Ben Affleck Batman or Henry Cavill Superman or Gal Gadot Wonder Woman or Jason Momoa Aquaman or Ray Fisher Cyborg. There is a door open to that now. Because the multiverse exists, because we know these people are out here, it could happen theoretically. We'll see what happens box office wise, numbers wise. The new thing from DC too is like the flash will get a sequel, but the film does have to clear $800 million. You know, now they're really getting dicey and choosy with like, if this film doesn't perform to this level, we won't include blue beetle in the new justice leagues, but they will be part of the DCU. So it's all just, 
I know I kind of turned this into a whole Warner Brothers thing, but I feel like especially with this film, it's important that you know the bigger picture and that you know what all went into making this final product that still looks like it needs to be finished. I mean, the effects just don't look done. There's just so much rubbery looking CGI and so much stuff that you're just like, wow. I mean, I, I said it to everybody after the screening. I was like, I know you guys know I'm the Zack Snyder fan, whatever. But there is not a single person other than maybe him and Michael Bay that can direct incredible and breathtaking action and can create an entire fight sequence and choreography and stuff that just blows your mind and actually stands out. Because what we got in this movie, truthfully, was kind of subpar. I, I, like, I hate to say it. I wanted this movie to be good. I wanted my expectations to be... I, I had low expectations, personally. And I know that's just me. And that's because of what I know and what I feel for all of the stuff that goes into this. But I really just expected more across the board. Um, and I'm just really curious to see what casual moviegoers and fans are going to think when it comes out. So if you see this movie, please let me know what you thought. I genuinely am curious. I want to, I'm, I'm always open to all opinions. I totally, I'm like, I want to hear it. I want to know. From here we go to Blue Beetle. So we're, we'll see what that's like. But maybe the straight to HBO Max movie that is now coming out in theaters, maybe it'll surprise us. We'll see. I'm just kind of looking forward to Indiana Jones now next. I guess that's that's the next box office summer goalpost. And we're moving along. The Flash, you can go see it. Sure. You know. But it won't play any differently than Black Adam would at home on HBO Max, you know, or Max. God, that's a whole other separate, you know, Warner Brothers, great move getting rid of the HBO in your streaming service because that just makes things even more confusing and less helpful. But I digress. Thanks again for listening to the rambling, guys. Let's hope the DC Universe gets better from here. Thanks again. <laughs> Take care.